Hello my friends and welcome to another episode of the Council of Fans podcast where today we have a really lovely guest joining us and that is Nerd of the Rings. Hello my friend. Hello, thanks for having me on. It's, it's hopefully it's going to be a blast and of course um, is it fine just in today's video just referring to you as Matt, is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. And of course as you can tell from the side we've half the co-hosts have just disappeared but joining us today we still are ken hello my friend hi and we also have talking tube hey it's great to be here and of course um talking tube and nerd of the rings channels will both be in the description below mm -hmm. indeed and um uh talk to this is your um two minute warning to get up a picture of that that russell crowe picture if you know what i'm on about <laughs> okay but um yeah and, and the reason that I, that is um it will make sense second because I think an interesting thing Ken mentioned was that as of right now we have a pretty decent cast um but Nerd of the Rings is no one's there really that's you know you go on a billboard and you you see the Lord of the Rings on Prime whatever the title is and then that star factor do you, I, do, I think do you think there's still a chance that we could see one or do you think Amazon will continue this way yeah I've, I've had some conversation with conversations with other fans who are convinced that there's like some secret big star that mm -hmm. uh, Amazon is hiding. I, uh, I don't really buy into that. And I honestly kind of prefer that there's not like, uh, like was just said uh, a few minutes ago, the fact that these are all, you know, um, I won't go as far as to say unknown, but relatively unknown, like your, yeah, yeah. your average person who like goes to the movies you know, maybe once or twice, uh, once once a month or once every couple months, you know, they're not going to recognize pretty much anybody from this cast, which I love. Um, that's kind of how it was with Lord of the Rings, at least for me. Um, you know, I'd seen Ian McKellen, I think, in X-Men, um, and that was about it. Um, and I can't remember if... Uh, if Hugo Weaving was in Matrix, I can't remember which one came out first. Maybe Matrix came out first, but uh, either way, I didn't recognize him from Matrix. So, um, but they were, you know, you don't like. I know there's uh, there's rumors um, about uh, Russell Crowe and like, you know, some other big names, and I, I actually think it worked out better for Lord of the Rings that they didn't, um, you know, the Peter Jackson films, like the the big names that they had talked about back in the day, didn't work out like Sean Connery, um, because it allows you to picture these people as just their character. You know, if I'm, if I'm watching a Russell Crowe movie, most of the time I'm like, oh yeah, that's Russell Crowe. Um, you know, maybe with the exception of Maximus and Gladiator, yeah. because that was his first big one. Um, you know, I, I see the actor, you know, you're not going to see a Tom Cruise movie and not think, he's not going to like dissolve into the character yeah. you know mm -hmm. I, um, think Russell, so, I like that yeah i think russell crowe and robin hood as well i'm not sure if you've seen that i just when i watched that movie um oh yeah you just i couldn't see um robin hood i just saw this maybe aging <laughs> maybe a bit more weight russell crowe yeah. playing this 20 years younger character but yeah yeah continue yeah, I think, uh, yeah, anything you see Russell Crowe in that isn't, uh, like, current day, you're going to think, like, oh, it's Gladiator, you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think I think there's there's a very, uh, I think it, it's a smart play because um, 
it I mean it might be a very slight benefit a slight edge but it kind of like gives these actors like a little bit of um you know um a little bit of help in embodying these characters for people because we don't know them as something else that's more famous than lord of the rings indeed and uh, Herane, you wanted to go next yeah, I, I I like the idea of uh, as much as I do like the idea of a, of a cast based on character actors. You know, a lot a lot of movies and TV shows have successfully planted like maybe a star or two into such a cast without without it uh, piercing the illusion too much. Um, because the Lord of the Rings movies, um, they had I suppose their big star would be Liv Tyler actually. That was a cast member that New Line specific. I mean, it was Peter Jackson's idea, but once he brought it up, New Line were like, "Oh yeah, sure, get, get it." Because I, I think he was like really big in Japan of all places at the time. You know, it's it, 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 the idea of having a star in in a big production is 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 something that goes way back. Um, and there are lots of movies like you watch Lawrence of Arabia and you don't look at um, Anthony Quinn who was there big American star and it doesn't burst the illusion really or um, Marlon Brando in, in Apocalypse Now I, do, I don't think it really um, hurts the, the movie in any way um, on the contrary it's a masterpiece but 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 and you know it's the same like um, so so I, I do like the idea the showmanship of having a big star in there I do think it could be that there's somebody that's possibly in a small role. It's not a very big commitment. It's not like they're hiding someone who is there constantly throughout this long period. Um, but but sure, something small. I I could see that happening. I'm not actually sure that it that it that it that it that it that, it, that, it, that it's actually happening. But but I would I can see it happening. Yeah, and. I was thinking that if if you're going down your route and having maybe an actor, um, a, a really well-established actor, a probably maybe a bit older, play a role in the show, I think maybe could Kurdan be a good, um, just a good. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Uh, yeah. I you 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 would your mind would turn, of course, towards any number. Like you would think, like I think uh, at the time, around the time when the Russell Crowe rumor was uh, was. Fairly active. By the way, I, I, I just saw that he's uh, busy directing a movie. Um, but uh, around the time um, that that rumor was very active, one of the things that, uh, one of the ideas that was thrown around was that he would be Durin. But we have a cast member who is, you know, like has Durin written all over him, which would be yeah. Peter Mullen. Um, I mean, that's so obvious if if you know anything about Peter Mullen's filmography especially if you know his voice um really thick scottish accent really really deep um gravelly um you just know that that's what they've cast him for and he has read for Balin previously so it makes sense um but yeah Kirdan sure something like that that sort of thing I think I'm more with Matt on this issue. I don't really think that you can... I mean, maybe you can, but it's definitely harder to look at a character that, say, um, 
The Rock is playing and see the character rather than The Rock. And granted, you know, if they do get a more popular actor, it's probably not going to be someone like The Rock or Tom Cruise or maybe even Russell Crowe. It'll be an actor that's better known than most of the actors that they've hired so far, but still not, you know, a film icon like Tom Cruise. But either way, I just think it kind of ruins the immersion. And um, I know you could take the route that Star Wars did, which was mask up a really famous actor, Daniel Craig. Granted, he's not like, you know, Tom Cruise, but he's still pretty popular. He's a good actor. Um, and what Star Wars did, they put him in a Stormtrooper costume, and he said a few lines, but you couldn't really tell he was who he was. I feel like that was... I think that was a bit of a waste, to be honest. Yeah, I, so think, I, I, think I just think wants, keeping big yeah. actors out of it is fine uh, by think, me, to be honest. I, I think in one Star Wars movie, Anthony Daniels appears in the flesh, and you don't, you know, you you don't see his face anywhere, so you don't go, oh, see three PO. So it it isn't distracting in that way, and you could do something yeah. like that with an orc or something short. But I feel like if you're shoving them into the story like that, what's the point to begin with? I mean, sure, you can say, oh, we've got an actor in here that's really big and famous, but people aren't going to come to see that actor when it's already got the Lord of the Rings to make people want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the kind of the examples you gave there are more, you know, cameos where someone, you know, like Daniel Craig, like it was just a cool, like, hey, you want to show up for a couple hours and be in star Wars, <laughs> you know, that's um, true. Yeah. Like no, no one was going to see star Wars because Daniel Craig was in it or whatever, but I, I could see, um, you know, in some of my other conversations, uh, you know, they've talked about the possibility, like, well, maybe they get a star, you know, kind of like game of Thrones did to get Sean Bean. Um, and then he's only around for a season or for a limited time, but it's to pe- get people in the door kind of thing. Um, you know, I could see, you know, if we're the Russell Crowe example, because that was a big rumor at the time anyway, um, we're pretty sure he's not in it, but you know, if you did cast someone like Russell Crowe, I could see him being, you know, a Numenorean King who gets killed off or, you know, or the timeline progresses to where he dies off or something after a set period of time, something like that. Yeah. And I'm just thinking the interesting is that now back to Amazon in a sense is why when would they release it? How would they release it? Because really, um, maybe maybe we, we, we of course it's two weeks later. Maybe Amazon have let me be released it on the day of wrap and they've done a photo. I don't know. Maybe let's say Daniel Craig is um I know Anita or something. That'd be really weird actually. <laughs> That's coming to my head. Don't know why I've said that, but um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daniel Craig did read for the role of Boromir. Yeah, but I'm sure I'm sure everyone's everyone's yeah. read for Lord of the Rings at this point. Okay. Yeah, sure, but yeah. just it's a cool thing. Yeah. yeah. But um, and I and I was thinking another interesting thing. Um, who would Dwayne Johnson play if he was in Lord of the Rings? I was thinking that's what I mentioned that as well. I think talking to you. Hmm. Yeah. Well. I, I don't, I don't really know where yeah. to go with that, to be honest. Yeah, I, I definitely, I think him, Tom Cruise, and, you know, the likes that are just so popular, you can only see yeah. the actor, not the character. They shouldn't be in it at but all. There's also, there's also the other issue, which is, look at this cast. They're almost all Brits, um, which is exactly the, 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 the thing that they did in the movies as well. The cast is mostly from the British Commonwealth, and maybe Ireland as well. Let's go. And, you know, the, the, the occasional American. 
um, doing a British accent. You yeah. you wouldn't get Tom Cruise to do an English accent. Yeah, the less you American get... the better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a British story. Um, well, and they've also got a few New Zealanders as well yeah. in the cast. Yeah, British few, Commonwealth, New Zealand. Yeah. Oh. yeah, and I just I'm just thinking as well, but. I think I think around actors think around that, that um we've pretty much talked about it. We're not sure if I I well for my opinion um what for what it's worth I don't I would prefer I would be with Matt as well. Even though okay, I do understand that you would maybe want to see maybe someone, but for the sake of it, if I would like to see if they it's just too distracting. I think is the main thing with this. Oh. It is too distracting. Oh. And maybe you know someone said the Sean Bean um Game of Thrones idea. Around that and and that maybe um Kelly Brimble maybe that would have been a good example to use just I don't know just some yeah who would actually want to take the role uh this spoiler alert take the role of Kelly Brimble you know <laughs> when he gets um uh, put on that banner do you think they'll use the actual actor for that <laughs> or they'll just use um when he just hung around in the all commies or use a stunt double because with nudity and stuff like that and a lot of um. Uh, maybe more diehard fans said, "Oh yeah, but that's the case where nudity co- could work with um having you know, like Kelly Brimble on this stake. This this he's just had a region fall, or probably Great Dane, All his friends are just dead, and it's like, and wait, this is not interesting. Do you think that could be a season finale, uh, Matt? Yeah, I think um you know it's hard to say like not knowing when when the show's picking up um but kind of my prediction i guess is that season one ends with um the uh at least the reveal that that anatar is sauron um and i i think a, a pretty compelling uh ending of the season would be right after um Celebrimbor's death and the fall of Eregion. Um, you know, you get you get that great cliffhanger where um, you know Sauron's actually victorious and he reclaims a lot of the rings, not the Elven Three, obviously. Um, but then that leaves a big, you know, open question, especially for people who aren't familiar with the lore, and even those that are, you know, you a lot of this is like, well, how are they, how are they going to portray this? You know. Um, but yeah, then then that opens up season two for them to uh, to fight back against uh, Sauron as he tries to take over the rest of Eriador. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't. I think uh, last time we had a conversation like this um, with the get with a guest. Um, <laughs> Ken maybe might have scared off the last one, so I don't. Um, Ken, oh. unless you want to um, <laughs> respectfully um, just if you want to respond because Matt. In your, uh, I'll, I'll just yeah, say that I, I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't angry. I was passionate. That's, yeah, that's yeah, and yeah, you, you were passionate. Yeah, you were passionate. Um, <laughs> so, Matt, in do you think we will see um the downfall of Numenor on the show and the Akalabeth in the later parts? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think um, you know, I it, a lot of it will depend on how the show does. I'm sure. Um. But yeah, the uh, fallen Numenor, I think that's something that, you know, is on everybody's list for things that the show, um, that they want to see depicted. Except and one person. Honestly, except one show, person. 
Yeah, continue. (laughs) (laughs) I think I think it's something that this you know that they need to show. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I said, I think you know unless they're majorly tweaking the timeline, which and like somehow making the fall of Numenor to coincide at around the same time as Celebrimbor's demise. Um, I could see that. I hope they don't do that because they're separated by so much time in the actual story. Um, but, you know, I'm thinking like first season, I've, I've put way too much thought into this as I'm like driving and stuff. I think this is the stuff I think about is, you know, uh, season one kind of like sets up the world and ends with Sauron overthrowing, uh, um, uh, Eregion, and then season two is about fighting back against Sauron, um, and then uh, season three is Sauron and Numenor. Um, I don't know if they'll wait that long to show us Sauron and Numenor till um, season three, I, but yeah, um, I think a thing. Yeah. John D. Ruddy mentioned um, when he was on, he said he had it because um, he's a historian and does um, a lot of stuff like around this YouTube videos as well. He, I think I think I really think I really liked I think which could fix what you're saying as well is that, you know, um, 3,200 second age, Sauron gets captured, gets sent to Numenor um, that, and then there the begins the Calibeth. Maybe at the end of season three, you push that back uh to around 1800 the second age and that's the only real time compression then when you go into season four you, you end the season three finale sauron getting captured by the numenorians willingly of course then going into season four that um just puts it all together then you start with sauron in numenor and you got two seasons to do that and the last alliance do you think that could be a good way to maybe bridge that gap and th- of course there's a time jump but it still works law wise as well yeah yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously uh, Peter Jackson's films compressed 17 years out of the equation between um, Bilbo leaving the ring to Frodo and uh, Frodo ultimately, like, setting out from the Shire. You know, that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's a 17-year period in the books, whereas in the films it, it seems like it's a week later or something, you know? Um, so, yeah, a, a compression of time. Like, I'm not necessarily worried about, you know, them compressing time like that and even if it's a um you know a flash forward kind of thing um because we know you know there's a there's a time difference between when sauron is defeated in Eriador and then when he gets captured by the numenorean so i would anticipate that time gets compressed or Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know glossed over um i don't i don't think we'll see i don't think we'll see sauron and numenor for two full seasons because um, you know, and, and I, I feel like with, with series, you've got to have something big. Um, you know, they almost always like season finales are big events. And so that's why, you know, when I start thinking about how five seasons will plan out, I, I kind of go by the big tentpole events in the story. So that's why I go to fall of a region, um, and the reveal of Sauron in season one and, um, the War of Sauron and the Elves season two, and then Fall of Numenor maybe season three, and then yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, I think it's, that, it's tricky. Yeah, I think that's how most people um 
uh, would do it. And I, I know, Ken, I know you want to respond. I will let you. And I think me and Togatib will be um, back up just in case. But yeah, um, take it away, Ken. I know, I know we don't, I don't want to go into the discussion oh, yeah, sure. too much that, um, in the sense, because yeah, yeah, we've had yeah, this, we've yeah, had sure. it before. Very, but yeah, just quickly, quickly. Yeah, sure, very, very quickly. Yeah. I think the, the length of the time jump is not, is completely immaterial. Um, because the fact of the matter is that there is a time jump and no matter how much you compress it you have different characters in the rings of power storyline and different completely different characters in the Akalabas storyline and it's not a good idea to overhaul a large part of you want a show that has the same that has a continuum of cast from beginning to end of course some of them will die um, in battle and that sort of thing, but you don't want to suddenly between episodes or even between seasons to go well. All of these characters and their and their children and grandchildren have all died, and here are new characters that take their place in the narrative. And also, well, like the Ring story is very elf centric. The Numenor story later on is obviously human-centric. It's it's a very weird thing to try and put together into one show. Um, seeing how the show is projected to be five seasons long plus a spin-off, my thinking is that the most natural thing to do would be to do one show on one event and a completely separate show on the other. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. And... Um I'm I think that's what they're doing. That's uh, it's not just my. I, I think that is what they're doing. Yeah, you think you th remember we've had. I think. I yeah, think. you think. You th or, Ken thinks it. We don't know for sure if they will. And we um, don't know. We yeah. don't. And just in between this, as um, if you can all see on chat, this is what I was um, referencing to earlier. I'm not sure Matthew can see it, but this is oh, the most yeah. recent photo of Russell Crowe looking like. Do you think? I think we said this um to Dan before for Voice of Geek, and that. Do you think an elf a chance? Are you playing an elf? <laughs> Any chance? Uh, Matt's just disappeared. Yeah, I, do, I highly doubt he's. He doesn't look like he has the elf physique at the moment. Uh, no. that, I'm, I'm rather passionate about this, but I think he's also a little bit too old. I think the average age for an elf is something like 30. Um, and he's, well, a lot older than 30. Yeah, yeah if Russell Crowe were to be in the show, I, my money would be on a Numenorian king. That's, that's what I've always thought. Definitely. Mm, sure. Yeah, and... Could I, be a dwarf, I think, but... Yeah, but again, that, that, that part is taken. We've got uh, the Scottish guy that everybody needs to be a dwarf, a Scottish guy. We've got him. Well, keep in mind... I mean, the show's going to cover probably at least a thousand years of the Second Age, so there can be multiple uh, Numenor... I mean, sorry, not Numenorian, uh, Dwarven Kings, and, you know, maybe he could also be Narvi, but I guess all that's a little bit irrelevant because he's not in the series. Uh, like I said, I, I just read that he's busy directing again, so... Yeah. He's got other things on his mind. Um, I think we spoke enough about Russell Crowe in this podcast. Sure, so sure. So yeah, I think we'll, we'll get away from that for a bit. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, yeah, one thing you didn't mention there was character roles. Who's playing who? I think that would be an interesting thing. Um, I know, Ken, you have done um, a lot of work on who's going who, but would you like to see like an official announcement around yeah, that? Yeah, sure. 
Sure. Beyond just even, you, you can do it in a way that's more tactile than just names. Just release, uh, you know, like pictures of Robert Arameo in the kind of Elrond getup. That that would, it wouldn't blow up the internet. It, it's not that huge, but, but it will, it certainly will get people, um, it will grab people's attention, I think. And the same with other characters as well. Um, again, Peter Mullen is during, like, in, in the dwarf makeup. Sure, that, that sort of stuff will get people talking, shall we say. Yeah. I but I don't think we can expect to see that before the PR cycle starts. I mean, it's not um, impossible, maybe, but maybe it's, glimpses. It's maybe feeling like pretty unwell or something. But sure. Yeah, yeah, but like actual, you know, an yeah, actor yeah. in his or her costume. I will say, like the the thing that Amazon really has going for it is, you know, this thing is ready to explode on social media. Oh yeah, um, you absolutely. Know, like. Rumors and stuff have been trending. You know, anytime like a, a decent rumor that even is proven completely false, you know, if, if it's it's Lord of the Rings and like people start jump on it, like, um, you know, there's definitely going to be a hype train for this show when it does start releasing stuff. Mm-hmm, yeah, and I'm. I- it depends on what type of marketing you're going to do. Is it going to be build up? I think no, they did say it was build up marketing, like in that space of two or three months, maybe. Because I think a good way to do this is look at um. And um, have you been following the like the Wheel of Time announcements that much, and um, by any chance? Because I know I've uh, I no, I I haven't. I I tried to get into the books and no. um, I just I just couldn't do it. Like they were just. Uh, I'm a big audiobook guy, so a lot of it depends on how good the audiobooks are, whether I finish it and my eyes just kind of glazed over like it was uh, just not not my cup of tea, I guess, with uh, the delivery of the audiobooks. So I, I just kind of my eyes glossed over and like phrases began to run together and stuff. So, yeah, I've, I've not kept up with on that with all. What would you say if Andy Circus did the audiobook for The Wheel of Time? Would you give it another chance? I would totally give it another <laughs> chance. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, um, I actually haven't about Ken, but I know Galifian, your favorite, I think, character going into the show is, um, Celebrimbo. And, um, Ken, I'll go into yours in a second. Mine personally is Gilgalad. I think you see an elven theme here. So, Matt, what character are you most excited to see adapted? Oh. Um,. I'd say, okay, so I'll, I'll give a two-part answer. So the one I'm most curious to see adapted would be Sauron and slash Anatar, um, because I feel like a lot could rest on him, and if that isn't done well, it could be really bad for the show. Um, yeah, I feel, so I feel like that, that might be one of the most important ones for them to get right in, you know, dialogue, how they show him and everything. Um Elrond is definitely up there for me in terms of what they do with this story because I feel like he's got some of the most uh, compelling story that's not not ne- necessarily directly spelled out in you know the uh, the appendices and unfinished tales. But if you just think about what he's going through at that time, you know uh, his brother is obviously the first king of Numenor. He's a very you know, by Elven terms, he is very young at the end, of the, uh, at the beginning of the Second Age. Um, 
so him kind of like becoming the elf that we know later. Um, and then aside from that, Celebrimbor is one that I'm, I'm very anxious to see. The Forger of the Rings, you know, we obviously got a version of him with the lore, you know, not exactly on point, but it was still a fun version of the character in uh, Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think there's, uh, yeah, the, the relationship between him and Sauron's got a lot of potential for, you know, them becoming, being friends and then for Sauron to turn on him and then, you know, that his last stand could be um, a really cool epic moment in the series. Yeah. And I was, I think you mentioned Elrond because I've actually got, I'm not sure, compared to a lot of different people is that I don't think, it. let's presume that the show is starting mid-early second age. In that case, that it'll be, okay, we are, let's say we are most likely going to see Forge of the Rings. So, I was just thinking anyway is that with Elrond, not much really um hap- happens with him. Like, for example, if Gilgalad um, talks to Tarmanelda, goes to, uh, meshes Numenor, Eldarion. We've got Cardan, he meets some of the Numenorians, or we have that. Then we've got Galadriel, I, I believe Galadriel did meet Eldarion. Then she moved some um Linden to Eregion. We don't know who founded that, really. Then we've got Celebrimbor, we have him doing his stuff in Eregion. And, of course, we have uh, uh, Sauron being Anatol, but Elrond... He was, um, I just feel like he is just the, in the sense, I know Khan unless he's something else, that like he's maybe the one that has the list going for him so far at the start of the show. I think maybe with Elrond's character, we're going to maybe, maybe see the biggest change, change, because I know, for example, another thing is that, um, uh, Celeborn, this next uh, talking didn't really go much into depth about his character at all, so that's going to be an invention in itself of what his attitude's like, what how he's like maybe to other people, the personality such, that's all going to have to be made up, but with Elwyn, I'm not sure if you guys have different opinions on this, but I just feel like he doesn't really have anything going for him in the sense that story-wise, unless it has to be something drastically changed in order to put more into the plot, because you know he is in Linden at the start, but yeah Anybody have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I'm... <laughs> okay, okay. Um, we'll go, uh, we'll go down and up. So start with Nerd of the Rings, and then we'll go up. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm actually uh, scripting a video right now on uh, why I think Elrond is the most compelling main character for uh, the show. And um, you're right. Like he's not directly mentioned in a lot of these events, but he's there for yeah. them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, the the thing with Elrond is like like I said, when he, um, you know, obviously in the first stage, if they've got the rights to like do a flashback or something, you've got the traumatic childhood where you know the kinslaying, and then he's raised by the attackers of the kinslaying, um, and you know pretty much never sees his parents again. Um, his brother goes to found Numenor, and one of the biggest things that I feel like there's there's room to see to see him turn into the Elrond we see in Peter Jackson's films is, you know, his his brother decides to be a man, decides to be mortal, goes and is king of Numenor, and then Elrond would bear witness to the downfall of Numenor and how they turn their backs on the elves. Newman, they lose their island, their island's destroyed, and then he he's working side by side with uh, the survivors in Numenor. So you've got Elendil, Anarion, and Isildur, and then for, you know, ultimately, this would be at the end of the show, but then, you know, have this new hope 
for men, you know, the the people of his brother, and then for Isildur to ultimately fall short uh, once again. You know, it kind of gets him to that point where you kind of understand him a bit more, you know, when he says men are weak and has kind of this jaded feeling toward men um, that you see in the films. Yeah. That and he also he also meets his wife in the second day as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And founds Rivendell. So there's definitely some stuff there. Mm-hmm. And I know. Yeah, I. I yeah, go on. Especially with Rivendell, I really agree with a lot of what you said. But I think ultimately he can't really be a main character until around the year. Let's see, like a little bit after, like the year seventeen hundred, maybe. No, actually, a little bit before that. Oh, um, in that's the war. The, yeah, I'm the Battle of the Guatholo. Yeah, because he doesn't really do anything at all during the forging of the ring sure he does some stuff but really not much that's actually worth you know like making a tv show over so i think season two three four five um it would be worth having him as a main character but early on i think Celebrimbor yeah, yeah. and sauron and galadriel are going to be the focus just because you know if the rings weren't forged, then nothing else in the Second Age or even Third Age would have happened. It would have all just been pretty peaceful and fun. Minus, you know, Sauron would have tried to attack people in a different way, but that's aside from the point. That's probably in the East. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with Nerd of the Rings actually completely, because um, Aaron, yeah, he doesn't... It can make stuff for him to do, you know? Um, and I think... Elrond has a huge a huge advantage for Amazon because he's much younger and the actors that we the actor that we strongly believe is playing Elrond which would be Robert De Romeo suddenly comes across as very young um, and would probably play him quite young as well and uh, you know you can play him like the everyman character sure he is elf royalty in a way very much so but 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 he's still kind of a young man he's under the wing of this of of Gilgalad he's he's not he's not terribly experienced um he's very much the everyman and that that's very that would be very attractive for Amazon in terms of him being a main character and i absolutely think that he is the character of the ones that we know the ones the ones that do survive into the movies that we know and into the books that we know um, he's the one that is the most different because he is so young, um, and so there is much more possibility there for growth in the character. Very, very interesting. And the others as well, Sauron, um, very interesting as well. Is certainly Calabrimbo mm-hmm. for very much the same reasons. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and I've I've said my first part and that purposes and this for my second part I uh, just like Matt said um you, I, I sometimes just yeah. think about this in your head around um how this show could work I was thinking how do you fit everyone into the forging of the rings story and I've seen what you um, respond and I was thinking that this is my second part was maybe have we know Anatar goes to Linden he gets rejected but then maybe for season one, as you know, Elrond, his, he's the only Elven character that doesn't have much to do. Maybe his story arc for season one is maybe figuring out, just having a back into, having a look into this Anatar to see who really is. And maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the season finale, so that is Elrond, he just on, he's on his own. Just, I know we don't like um, Game of Thrones um, references, but like um, Ned Stark, when he's looking into, um, I think, 
their um, marriage, uh, like who the king is or whatever, I've forgotten their names, but the same thing. So, Matt, uh, this could work. Then having maybe for the earlier show, we have Erwand um, on this little side quest on the side. You just have him looking, seeing maybe who Anatar is. Who's this person that showed up at our kingdom and just wanted open access and said he's an emissary of the Valor? And then, and then my then my um, council, Gilgalad, he's rejected him. And I'm like, hmm, I'm gonna go look into this guy for a bit and see what he's and what this guy's really <coughs> up to. And then maybe suspense throughout the se- first season. And then once you go up to reveal, maybe Erwand at the same time finds out, oh, this guy is. Sauron from the past. Do you think that could be a good way? And maybe I've given you a new um, video idea to put in. <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, I've kind of thought about this as well. And uh, yeah, for the last few weeks, I've been thinking. Um, I, I hadn't been thinking about you know Elrond necessarily like playing the detective or anything, but I did kind of assume that there will be some mystery around Anatar whether. Um, whether it's a, you know, we know that that's Sauron, but the, um, characters, the characters don't, don't, or, um, I think an intriguing option would be, you know, they'd have, they'd have to tweak it a little bit, but, um, you know, and it, it all depends on how they, how they film it and everything. But if they, if they don't necessarily show Sauron going to Linden and they pick up with, you know, Sauron already being in a Region and maybe the <clears> whole time we're guessing which character is Sauron in disguise. And there's a couple different possibilities. And then, you know, it's, it's a constant question throughout the first half of the season, you know, okay, so which one of these guys is, is actually a bad guy. I, never I don't think that's a bad idea, but I do think that would be taking away from the character of Gladriel because we know she's supposed to be, you know, wise and she's the one who's suspicious of Sauron uh not first but after Gilgalad and Elrond um originally rejected him from Linden um she was the one who you know was sort of the main the chief enemy I think Tolkien says something like that of Sauron so yes Elrond is suspicious of him but probably less so than Gilgalad and uh, Galadriel. He's younger, and I think he would be a really good candidate for a main character, but again, I feel like if he was like the main detective when it comes to Sauron, that would be taking away from Galadriel's you know, arc. Especially if she does get usurped by Celebrimbor uh, by the word of Sauron. Um, yeah. I, I mostly think Elrond will be like the statesman, like going over to Region, trying to, you know, like fix things, trying to get Kilabrimbor to out of Anatar's side, that sort of thing, you know? Sure. Just be the kind of the, the diplomat. Um, but even then, that's not. I feel like that's not really that important, you know? Like, at least for the first season, the only really important thing that happens is the forging of the rings we'll see yeah i don't know mm-hmm. and but i i think that would be quite interesting though maybe at the same time i going maybe the whole subject of anatoba maybe as matt said um going into it maybe thinking who um which one is anatoba i spot the anatoba for the um uh, first season <laughs> <laughs> that would be, i forgot someone said um 
I think it was Nikki. Nikki said something around um, something similar to that. No, no, it was um, it was spot the Elijah Wood, something like that. I think a while ago, but I was on the previous podcast. But um, so yeah, and but um, Matt, with that thing, do you think he would get at a point where maybe get too suspicious? We have this guy, this very fair-looking guy, is saying, "Have you ever seen any rings? Do you want to know about how to make a ring? Something like that." <laughs> this is maybe just starting to say like, hmm, maybe this is the guy. Maybe this is the guy. Yeah, and I mean, there'll be there'll be stuff that's uh, you know less of a mystery for those of us who know the lore in and out. Um, but for casual fans, um, you know they they'll be more you know uh, not confused, but you know they'll be they'll be more in the dark than we will. You know, we'll know Sauron, most likely, we'll know Sauron, who Sauron is right off the bat. The, mm-hmm. the rest of the world will be Googling Anatar, you know, after people start calling him Anatar. Um, so, yeah, the, there'll definitely be some things like that. It's just kind of a fun theory yeah. at this point. Um, I'm curious to see, like, I could see if they, you know, they had a couple characters who are similar and, you know, shot it in creative ways where they don't necessarily, well, you know, yeah. call him yeah, by the name do. Anatar or the or they have some other name that they call him, you know, that's mysterious. And, you know, us, us nerds look it up in Elvish and discover it means something that, you know, could point us toward, uh, toward it being Sauron. And that's a total red herring. And it's actually this other guy, you know, uh, it's, it's really hard to say uh, at this point, it's all guesswork, but um, yeah, I'm curious to see how they, how they pull it off. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Yeah, I actually like that. Uh, the last bit, maybe having these so many different characters. So maybe even for us, we don't know. And then maybe just a little, just a little special thing that we can afford, like actual fans to look and say, hmm, maybe it is this guy. But yeah, maybe that is, and that's also an engaging way for Amazon to do that as well. So yeah, I think, and I'm, I'm sure that in this show as well. We are talking about the characters and places, but I'm sure Amazon, they've got this budget, was it for 60 million, something like that? I'm sure we are going to see um, a battle scene. I was thinking the most, I think the most underrated and underlooked thing about this show is um, the battle moment scenes and just these, because um, for sure Amazon are going to have to um, put some battles in at some point. I was thinking, well, I think the most memorable one is... I was thinking the moment of the Battle of the Guathlu. I know, Ken, you think that is a, se- a, a series finale in itself. I was thinking that as well yeah. about the fall of Eregion as well. So I was thinking, is do you think that Amazon... I know because one of the biggest problems... Uh, not problems, I think people said about... And even Christopher Tolkien said it's, it's about the Lord doing this. It's an, um, something along, on, along the lines of it being an action movie for people. For it is. It's an action movie. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. Yeah, it's um, not a very bad thing. So I was thinking maybe will, um, will this show inhibit the same thing? In sense? I'm not saying um, like Legolas take down a mama kill or something on that level. But I have these epic like battle moments. Sure. For example, sure. I think one of them was Kelly Brimble, um on that banner. Eyes come down. I was thinking the other thing is Numenor's uh, like coming back at the Battle of the Guathlo, just out of just coming up the river and just saving the day, basically. And that's the interesting thing, Matt. The whole Battle of the Guathlo 
How do you vision that happening? Not about the the the, the, war, the war of the elves and Sauron. Have you had much thought into how that would work on screen and how like how many episodes it should be, how long we should look at it for, etc. Um, yeah, I mean, I I totally agree. I think that's definitely a a season finale type event. Um, like I said, I I could see that being um, the season two finale. If season one is the fall of Eregion, um, it makes sense that season two would be, um, you know, maybe that's the the season we look back and like that's the war season that was like a war going on for an entire season kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously you've uh, you've got. Uh, um, you know, the new Minorians obviously are involved there. Um, so that's kind of your first opportunity to see the new Minorians and elves coming together. I don't know what that would mean for season one of Numenor because surely we'd see Numenor in season one um, in some form or fashion. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's that's putting off too much the new Minorians. Maybe, you know, Amazon will want to show off Numenor more than that in the entire first season. But um, yeah, whenever this, this battle ends up coming into play, I think, you know, look for that to be a, um, a big one, a season ender most likely, and maybe like a supersized extra long episode, like TV series like to do. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And I think, I think there is probably, even if the story isn't, um, the best maybe for these battles or maybe the action scenes while the maybe the plot around is the best we know that the visually is going to look um amazing without a doubt so at least um amazon have that on their side and i was thinking another thing around numenor is and maybe and also a, a region and lindath i'll let him take over for me because i know he'd probably present in a much better way is that this aspect of you know the books did have politics in the sense that um like you have court politics this and that not too much but maybe in this show will this be a change we could we like um, more about court politics and how each kingdom interacts etc but let him take this yeah. one away yeah, yeah, I, I think this show it has to be partially because you know the, the action adventure type of premise, where a group of characters go on a journey from point one to point to another point, and there are set pieces along the way. That doesn't really work for television very much, and it's not what the Second Age is about. Either stories of the Second Age, the Calibath or the um, Forging, are quest stories. They're not. They're both. Like, people will roll eyes when I say Game of Thrones, but you can also imagine them like, uh, like the, like the, some of the scenes in Gladiator, like, uh, Lucilla conspiring with, with the Senators and with Maximus against Commodus, that sort of thing, where it's more about power struggles and, and characters kind of outmaneuvering one another and, and I suppose somewhat like based a lot on a lot of talking and and councils and 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 that sort of thing and I like that sort of stuff I love I love it in Gladiator I love it in in all those sorts of movies and it's a it's a very good premise and it's very different which is good the difference is very very good um, and I did have another point and and yeah, and yeah of course at some point inevitably all this stuff will culminate in in a war story it, it will. Uh, develop into a war. Both stories do. All, all Tolkien stories do, actually. Um, so it will also be 
there will be room for pretty cool action set pieces, which is a good thing. Some of us really like action set pieces. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, sure. It's, it's different. It's going to be different. And it's pro possibly going to be different in a way that's very re refreshing and, and new and, and, and interesting, you know? Which is cool. Uh, I don't know... Any, looking at the other big franchises, I don't know that any one of them is making that kind of switch because most of the big franchises are founded on quest stories. Um, and I don't know that any other of the big franchises is kind of doing the switch to something more Machiavellian, I suppose, more more po more politics, not politics in the sense of contemporary politics, I mean, just just in the sense of like um, scheming and, and conspiracies and then that sort of thing. I mean, so Could Roman quite cool. Senate, I'd say, is a good way, something like that. Roman Senate, yeah, or the Scottish, the Scottish Council scenes in Braveheart, mm. or or the court of uh, King Baudouin in, in Kingdom of Heaven, True. that sort of thing. Yeah, but I'm talking to you. Do you think that could work with Tolkien, though, having that? Because we we know that um, he made uh, there was a myth. He has a mythology, a legendarium, so many years, but specifically in his. Um, uh, Tolkien's works it is mostly quests in a sense so do you think it, that change could work on TV for Tolkien uh, in and having it in Tolkien's works do you think it would work correctly like with the war councils or yeah just like anyways for example um, we've got we're, one scene we're in Linden's council we've got other one we've got Curdan they've got season, they've received something from Numenor the, and then do, the best do, example oh, wait, wait, wait. the do, best example fellowship would be something that Tolkien Tube has mentioned just a while ago, which is Enatar convinces Celebrimbor to do a coup against Galadriel. That's as political as you get. Yeah. And then and then, I was yeah. saying by as well, for example, Numenor sends in something to Linden, they got the council there, do we notify Eregion? Do we tell them oh Anatar's there. We don't really like him, do we tell them? But then Eregion Celebrimbor gets Honestly. angry. So something like that, it just goes circle circles this this like backstabbing thing. I, do you think it could work in putting Tolkien's works? Yeah, I mean, I think that's really the way it is for the most part in the Lord. It's a lot of, you know, advice and counsel. And again, and like you just said, um, Sauron sort of, in a way, corrupts Celebrimbor, not morally or anything, but he sort of hijacks him. Um, and that's exactly what um, y'all are just talking about, sort of the war council thing. Um, and elsewhere, with the actual battles... I think it would make just as much sense, if not more, to sort of have that uh, theme and in, in style of, you know, leaders and kings being advised by whoever. Mm -hmm. um, Matt, do you think that it, it, it would work on screen like that? We're having all these different kingdoms interact with each other in that sense. Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's definitely a... Uh, you know, a divide that comes up between, you know, Numenor kind of turns their backs on uh, the elves of Linden. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's definitely some room for some, you know, kingdom-based drama, for sure, mm -hmm. in this series. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking now, a thing just coming to my head in the moment you mentioned, um, like, with... Uh, uh, Numenor just turned their backs on Middle Earth. We have the story of Darion and Arendis, 
and just around that, do you we do you want to see that um the story? Because I think uh, Darren and Rent is one of the most com- one of the most complete stories and character arcs in uh, yeah yeah plot wise in the Second Age. We got a full story of this character going a voyage there and back. Starts a little boy, then comes back as his king takes a start. He is against when you get sent the letter like eight hundred eighty two of the Second Age from that, and he just um gets this letter saying from Gilgalad saying oh. There's the shadow rising in the east, and maybe this fits in perfectly with that synopsis for, um, that was um, confirmed by Amazon around that as well. Do you, oh, I think another thing that um, other co-host penguins maybe have all Darwin and Rendis, but this is I know uh, timeline-wise, maybe this uh, this early real where I can see timeline-wise we start um, mixing it up a bit and maybe push all Darwin and Rendis up a bit. Do you think that could work? But do we like to see their involvement as well? Yeah, I could, I could see, definitely I could see uh, Aldarian and Arendis being characters. I don't know how deep they'll go into their story. Um, I don't know. May, you know, maybe that's a story that's happening, um, you know, while, uh, you know, if they're tweaking the timeline, maybe that's something that's going on while uh, Sauron's, you know, doing his stuff over in Eregion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how they, that's how they kind of have new, have stuff happening in Numenor um, and don't totally leave out Numenor in the first season. Um, yeah. It's hard to say. Like it, it's kind of an interesting story. I don't, I don't know if it necessarily, um, you know, fits with what else is going on, you know, tone wise and everything with um, what, everything else that we'll be seeing but it'd be interesting uh for sure to see them try to work that in that's the only problem um it is too detached from everything else really Mm. in the sense that he's going on his own i think unless um you want to correct me i think uh, eldarin and gladio do me is that true i i remember reading that yeah yeah there we go finally my law work has come up um yeah i remember them Maybe you can make something out of that, but as uh, Matt, you rightly said, it's quite hard to actually. Um, uh, it's quite detached in that sense that is too far. But yeah, unless you have anything else to add, I thought you would. No, I, I'll I'll uh, concede the floor to to yeah. others. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, talk to you. I know you want to say something. All right, so. For everyone who doesn't uh, frequently watch Fellowship of Fans Second Age show, there have been like uh, five leaks, I think, that came out Can about the show. Here? Can I jump in? Um, here? Can I jump in? Here? Sure. Okay, I I understand that people start saying um like denying um some rumors saying oh oh what happens if it's one of the freak sets and I've seen this uh, just a little crop up someplace a little bit and I like to say that you really think Amazon are going to build a village for six months and then say no yeah i see people saying oh this village set must be fake then like they've built this for six months probably cost in them upwards millions of pounds and they just did it so fellowship fans on twitter couldn't see and that they may they have a village in in the commu studios it's like just it's things like that and also like for example like oh one of the leaks was uh, and i'm jumping ahead a bit like anthony crumb joins the army i was like Oh no, that's fake. It's like at the end of the day, who are they fooling? They're just wasting time themselves. Does anyone like? Is that if you get what I mean? Talk to you like that. And, like 
people just start dismissing it like over the fact that oh they're fake sets yeah and i like to say as well that from the from the stuff i have released i don't know how to phrase it correctly but from the stuff I released and the things i've been able to get and get confirmed by amazon later on of course with their releases you'd have to know people in pretty high up places in order to, and i'm sure they would probably know what is real and what is fake uh, that's the wild tale on that but yeah before you continue i was going to mention this on my show reads but yeah, yeah and i'd say side. You know, with these leaks, I'd imagine that you've got someone watching this scene being filmed with extras on set. They've said that there were extras on set, so they're not going to hire hundreds of people to film and act. And then, I mean, they might cut it out, but they wouldn't do all that for just a fake scene. Yeah, Yeah, the budget's huge, but, I mean, that's a huge, huge money waste. Yeah. Um, So the leaks are... Are as follows. Uh, if anyone wants to say anything, now is your chance because it's it's pretty long. Go for it. Go for it. All right. So, um, a dwarven king escapes a collapsing mine shaft by the skin of his teeth. A character played by Anthony Crum tries to join the Numenorean army. A Numenorean queen's throne room is seen in the probably later episodes, and a Numenorean town square is also seen probably beginning around mid-season. Those are all the leaks that you released, I think, in the first and second Second Age show. Yeah. And then in the most recent and third, you also said, um, or your leak said, there are different guilds in Numenor, like the Blacksmith's Guild, Fisherman's Guild, Breadmaker's Guild, Builder's Guild, and so on and so forth. Yeah, awesome. Each guild has its own different insignias, and most of the extras on set belong to one of the guilds. Each of them has a guild seal somewhere on their costume, sometimes on the belt, sometimes on the shoulder. Looks like a small golden coin, but with their guild insignia. If you are a blacksmith guild extra, your guild insignia is a hammer and tog inside of a burst of flame. When the army is marching outside of the town square, you will see a Numenorean general wearing his armor. It's a gold chest piece with all the guild seals represented on the front of his armor. And those are all of the leaks. Yeah. Just put it in the chat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think, and adding, before this comes out, I believe the next one will be out where we have this village, I think it's probably maybe a Grathudan village or something, and these orcs come and keep on raiding this village, and then and then in the end, apparently, the, 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 the village leader gives up the village or something like that. So that's the latest leak that's come out a week before as well, and you're hearing this all week before. So, yeah, that's not... So I was, first of all, I thought of Grathudan or something along those lines, maybe. And then, apparently, interesting... Oh, it's it's orcs, yeah, it was orcs raiding the village, and the village leader actually gives up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, something I found really interesting with all these leaks is that, except for the first one, you know, the one with a dwarven king escaping the mine shaft that's collapsing, they all have to do with Numenor, which is a little bit interesting because this is all presumably for season one. Yes, uh, season one and two are filming in SAG, so they're like back to back, and because they're potentially filming by location yeah, yeah. rather than you know by episode some of this could be for season two according to what mm-hmm. you've released fellowship mm-hmm. um but we we don't really know i'm a little bit confused with all this personally but chances are most of this is for season one yeah. um especially because you know you've got to prioritize the season that's you know coming out in a few months rather than the season that's going to be coming out in like yeah. a few years yeah. Um, 
And I just think it's interesting that Numenor is going to be focused on so heavily in the first or maybe second seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, not not much happens with Numenor until, like, the Battle of the Guath, though. And yeah, there's Alderion and Rindis, but, you know, we already discussed that. That's a little bit disconnected from anything important. Yeah, and I think just to balance that out at the same time is maybe because I, I can admit that a lot of the more stuff is I know that has come from the new Minorid set so a lot of the primary stuff like is um and all that stuff is come from that area but another just interesting thing about that I think people um didn't really understand when I initially um exp- uh, released it is that Amazon what they do is they film in locations uh, so they are filming locations then they come back to set for a bit and so this is where the season one season two back to back thing comes is for example they've gone down I uh, no, where, Ken, where are the, the chilly mountains in New Zealand the cold ones uh, snowy do you know roundabouts where the what is it southern southern alps yes somewhere. so let's say south new zealand they're going somewhere that they're helicopter there for a few weeks and they're doing yeah. um scenes there for our for example they're going there our men losses in by now by august 2020 the the scripts were uh, made for the show and for season two of the show and then our minor loss what amazon are doing is that yeah season one's here Oh, the same characters in season two. We already got the scenes here, and they are filming here as well. So why not just film some season two scenes at the same time here? We have the characters here instead of maybe uh, next year in twenty twenty two or somewhere uh, to late twenty twenty one, getting more back again, having to film, oh, re- yeah. yeah, recorrect all these all massive um the the setups and everything just to film uh no ten minutes of dialogue or whatever at this location. Why not just get the season two filming done now? And that's what it means by um talk to Riley mentioned is they're filming it by um just by location as well. And that's where the season two back to back filming came from. And that's 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 what you do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think that yeah. Amazon are being smart in this way by taking this approach? That's what you do in movie in productions of this kind. Like an example, a great example. Like if if you were like in the Lord of the Rings, they they would shoot all the scenes that they needed out of a specific location, especially if it was hard to get there, and they get them done with, and then they'll proceed to something else. You don't shoot movies and TV shows by the order of the scenes. Almost you almost never do that. Um, a good example, actually. Um, I think the final scene of the third Star Wars prequel was originally shot during the time of the second prequel because they were already in Tunisia. They were like, "Oh well, we won't, we won't go, we won't bother coming back here." Of course, so we might as well shoot this now. Eventually, I think they did reshot it, but but nevertheless, they did shoot a version of it. So yeah, you, that's what you do. It's it's completely, entirely logical. Yeah. Completely. Uh, so from these insights, Matt, it did seem that Amazon filming-wise and production-wise, they are being quite effective. They're being quite resourceful. <laughs> they are getting it done, aren't they, Matt? Yeah, yeah. From everything we've heard, um, yeah, it's not like you said, uh, like. Uh, Ken said, you know, that's the most efficient way, you know, how these how these productions operate is to make use of sets. I mean, if you think of Peter Jackson's films, I think it was like the second uh, scene that they shot was the Grey Havens, which you don't see till the end um, of Return quite of early, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was 
I was thinking, yeah, that shows how... And another benefit of that is an earlier um, season two as well that we could get from this. So, um, so yeah, I think... Uh, just interesting, I think we have um, maybe covered a lot of this in this like overview of it. I know we've gone more into um, some story leaks as well, but another thing around this overview of the show is that as of right now, what is... What do you guys think, just for an average person, is a public perception of this show? So, like, for example, Matt, you just see someone average, they're what they're coming to look at Lord of the Rings on Prime, and um, they've heard about it, maybe they've been, maybe seen one little thing or whatever about it. What do you think the public perception is right now of this show? Um, it's hard. It's hard for me to say because I'm so immersed in... Uh, middle earth that i'm you know hanging on the edge of my seat for every little news and rumor about it um i think uh i think you're you know your average person who probably likes the lord of the rings films or maybe even loves the films but you know has probably read the hobbit maybe lord of the rings maybe not definitely hasn't read the similar really you know the more casual fans um probably don't know or expect much of anything you know they've probably seen um a few news stories here and there of the more uh big scale rumors that have uh circulated over the past months and they vaguely know that a show is being made um but yeah i think i think until they start actually releasing images and trailers and stuff like that um you know it's going to be pretty quiet aside from like a rumor trending on twitter or something Mm -hmm. um you know it's it's really when that promotion cycle kicks in is when you know it has the capacity to totally take over um you know like not many not many movies or tv shows have the built-in ability to do so Mm -hmm. um but with the history of you know the books combined with um you know the peter jackson films and the huge success there i feel like if if this show is good it has the the chance to take over pop culture like um you know like any any huge monumental show i'm not a game of thrones person myself but i'll acknowledge like i mean neither definitely took over um for a while and yeah i think i think this has insane potential to just take over um the entertainment world yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think there's also a large portion of people who think the show's doomed um you know especially with being political i think a lot of that's because you know bigger youtubers as well as mostly just articles and uh news sources like that having a rather gloomy article gets a lot more clicks you know it gives you a better headline and better content, I guess. Well, better with air quotes. Um, so I think a lot of people also do think that the show's screwed, essentially. Yeah, and I think um, in the last few months, a lot of the um, thing that's come out of it, even from, you know, that um, I've forgotten the name of that, uh, the person who played the Mulan saying, hey, there's not many, um, uh, not many, uh, I think, was it, I don't want to get the song, I think it's like, 
Koreans, Japanese, Chinese, one of the uh, Asian, um, Asian oh, yeah. Yeah. people, you've got that coming out as well. And then you've got, um, like, then Jennifer Soke coming on backing up. And then, of course, everything online between all these things of both sides of maybe political beliefs and then just, just getting up. And maybe that's the attraction of the, that's the problem with yeah. being so quiet. People become restless, and these negative things do start to build up. Yeah, hey, maybe it is the Lord of the Rings um, brand. Maybe we can stay quiet for a long time, but in a while, maybe... I'd really thing. disagree with that, though. I think because the show is so quiet and their PR cycle hasn't started, and not that many people really know about the show, that keeps them from looking up stuff about the show and you know, having that gloomy opinion. Because if not many people are interested in the show then you can't have that many people who hate the show before it comes out. Yeah, but then at the same time, you have a lot of, for example, as you see a lot of new people coming in like message boards, places just saying, oh yeah, that the show's, that show's going to be vocal, that show's going to, um, oh, it's going to be this about their um, the political beliefs both ways, and that's, that's just their first impression yeah. of it, and that's, I think that's a problem. But I think that's a, yeah. a discussion um, for another time around that, but... And I think, if I may say one last thing, Amazon's, that's not really going to affect Amazon as long as that group of people isn't too big. They've just got to have mm -hmm. enough hype when they release a trailer, when they start the PR cycle, that those people are either like, you know what, I don't really care. I'm just going to watch the first episode and see if I like it or not, which I feel like the vast majority of people, even the people saying they're not going to even try it now, they're going to change their minds once they see a trailer or something. Um, yeah. Granted, there will be those who don't, who won't even watch the trailer, which I think is a little bit ignorant, but um, yeah, I think the majority of people will give it a fair shot. I, I will say, people people know that this show is a thing. Like, I, I've been talking casually like to people, and I, I don't tend to bring Lord of the Rings up in discussions. I'm not in my ordinary life with ordinary people. Uh, ordinary people. But anyway, like, it came up with... In, conversations with people like in university and if if people like average blokes in a university in a middle eastern country know about the concept of this show then it's in a good place in terms of getting its name out there in a way and certainly that owes entirely to the fact that it is the lord of the rings um definitely but yeah that 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 inspired i remember that conversation inspired a huge confidence in me Regarding the you know the show's uh, prospects, shall we say, in terms of uh, certainly commercial success, because people do know that it's a thing at least. No, in my experience, important. the people outside of you know like the online community, which I'm mean, involved with, you know the Lord of the Rings community, not that many people really know about it, but that could just be me. But that's just about it um, for today's podcast. It's been a really interesting discussion. And um, first of all, thank you, Matt, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. Indeed, and it has been fun. And, of course, all his links and um, YouTube, Twitter will all be in the, um, in the um in the description below of course one of the biggest <laughs> of course there's maybe number one not we won't go into that we'll just say one of the biggest um youtube um youtube talking youtubers out there right now that dan is doing the lord's <laughs> work indeed and um and we also have another youtuber who will one day be there talking to you thank you my friend 
Yeah, it's great to be here, and it was great talking to y'all, Hin, uh, Fellowship, Matt. Indeed. And finally, we have Hen. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. It's always fun. And but until the next one, my friends, goodbye.